us unite our hearts together in prayer. We'll seek God's face and ask for his blessing upon our midweek meeting here tonight. Our loving God and our eternal heavenly Father, we enter into thy most holy presence in the Savior's precious name, and we thank thee, our Father, tonight that we're found gathered into thy house. We rejoice that we can praise thee and even wait before the throne of grace in the attitude of prayer. And as we acknowledge tonight that thou art holy, thou art righteous, thou art just, and we of ourselves, O God, are conscious of our own unworthiness, we know that we sin against thee daily in thought, in word, and in deed. And yet tonight, our Father, knowing that we could not approach thee on any merits of our own, we come, O God, knowing tonight with confidence that we are accepted in the person of thy dear Son. And we thank thee for that perfect life that he lived on our behalf. We thank thee for the perfect sacrifice that he made for us there at Calvary. And we rejoice tonight, O God, that we come by the new and living way and that we have that assurance that we have a God in heaven who hears, who answers, who delights in the prayers of his children. And how we thank thee tonight that we are thy children. Thou hast not given to us that spirit of bondage again to fear, but thou hast given to us that spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And we rejoice tonight, O God, that we're able to seek thy face in the attitude of prayer, that we're able, O God, to come casting all our cares upon the one who cares for us. And oh, we pray tonight knowing that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons and daughters of the Almighty, that we're heirs of God, we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and we can look forward out into eternity knowing that we have that great inheritance, an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for us who were kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. And therefore, O God, as we go through our earthly pilgrimage, and we know that we can come on many's a difficulty and many's a trouble, may we realize that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. And therefore, O God, tonight, encourage our hearts and strengthen us in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And may we know, our Father, that we're shut into Thee, and there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And even tonight, in our prayer meeting, we do pray for the outpouring of thy Spirit upon us, as we've thought in the words of our opening hymn. We want to be channels only, blessed Master, but with all thy wondrous power flowing through us, thou canst use us every day 
and every hour. And therefore, O God, tonight give to us the desire and the burden even to call upon thy holy name together. And here, O God, in this corner, as we enter into a new term of work together, be pleased, our Father, to give to us the very cutting edge of God the Holy Spirit, that we might be witnesses unto our Lord and Saviour. Bless each one tonight, O God, gathered here, we pray. Give us grace, O God, as we wait in thy presence and bless our family circles and, Lord, the various needs that there would be there. We pray that thou wouldst minister in answer to prayer. And, O Father, we pray for those led aside tonight. We think of those in hospital. O Lord, give to them that touch and body. And we pray for those at home who are in need of help and in need of care and those who were shut in tonight. O Lord, presence thyself with them and may they know the blessing of the Lord to be their portion. And to the mourners in Zion, O God, thou knowest the hand of death that has been amongst us as a people, as a congregation. And we pray, O God, that thou wouldst continue even to grant the comfort and the consolation of the gospel of Christ. And may those tonight who mourn prove thee to be the eternal God their refuge. And may they know that underneath are the everlasting arms. Father, hear our prayer for the work of God here in every department of it. Hear prayer for gospel missions that would be ongoing even at this time. Hear prayer, O God, for uh, the Whitfield College of the Bible and, Lord, reaching out onto the mission field. Go with those that labor for thee. And, O Lord, in these dark and evil and fast-closing days, be pleased to make bare thy mighty arm and great delivering power. Our desire would be, O God, to see souls saved, to see lives transformed, to see the church of Christ being built up and strengthened in these days. And, O Father, in answer to prayer, take ground from the adversary of souls. So hear us tonight and abide with us now. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. The hymn 169, if you're using the hymn book, Breathe upon us, Lord, from heaven. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. Promise of the Father given. Send us now a Pentecost. And again, we'll stand as we sing.
going to turn together in God's word this evening to 2 Kings and to the chapter 4. 2 Kings and to the chapter 4. We're reading here a brief portion of scripture and it's an episode in the life of Elisha. And as I mentioned on the Lord's day, I want to give as much time over this evening as we can to prayer. And so I'm only going to read this portion of scripture and leave very brief thoughts before you tonight. And then we will get to our season of prayer together. And it concerns here a miracle uh, that was performed uh, through Elisha, the servant of the Lord. In 2 Kings chapter 4, let us read from the first verse. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, Thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thy and thy children of the rest. Amen. We end there at verse 7, and may the Lord bless his word to each of our hearts this evening. The miracle that we have just read together in these seven verses from Second Kings chapter 4 concerns filling empty vessels, filling empty vessels. And there is here in the passage a poor widow And I believe that the Lord had a special place in his heart for widows. Many occasions in God's word when the widow is referred to. And in the Psalm 68 it tells us that the Lord is the judge of the widow. And the word judge there actually means advocate. The Lord is the advocate of the widow. In other words, he's the one who will take up the case 
and who will plead the cause for the widow. And so the Lord has that special place in his heart for widows. And here we find that this widow was a poor widow and she had absolutely nothing left. She was destitute, all except for a little pot of oil. And when she came to the man of God, Elisha, Elisha found from her by questioning her that she just had this little pot of oil. And Elisha said to her, I want you to go and I want you to gather as many vessels as you can and go to your neighbors and gather vessels, borrow the vessels from your neighbors as well. And go into your house with all of those vessels and close the door upon you and upon your sons. And with that little bit of oil that you have, start to pour into those vessels. And of course, the miracle was that the oil multiplied. And where she had just that little pot of oil, she was able to fill as many vessels as could be brought to her. And so she had all of these vessels that were filled with oil. Now oil in the Bible is a very precious commodity. Oil is something that is of value. It was used for different purposes. Oil was used to keep the lamps burning brightly. Oil was used as well for the cooking of food, even to this day, the olive oil. Oil was used for medicinal purposes, and oil was used for anointing individuals for office, the office of the prophet, the office of the priest, the office of the king. They all had to be anointed with oil. And so oil was something that was very valuable and very useful and especially when you think about that anointing of oil. Oil in the Bible symbolizes for us the Holy Spirit of God. And therefore, when you think of these vessels that are being filled with oil, we think about the Holy Spirit of God and God's people being those vessels and the vessels being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And that's just the thought that I want to leave before you tonight as we would come to seek the Lord and to pray for the work of God in this corner and to ask the Lord to bless in every department of the work of God here and those who serve the Lord and those who pray for the work. We need the infilling of God's Spirit. And just very quickly, a number of observations to make here. There was the preparation for this filling. You notice what verse 3 says, Elisha then, he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And there was here the act of obedience by this poor widow. It was also an act of faith. She was prepared to do what uh, the Lord was asking her to do. 
But the emphasis that I would place here by way of preparation in the gathering of these vessels, they had to be empty. Empty vessels, it said. If they were already full of different things, they would have been of no use to the poor widow. And the qualification here was that the vessels gathered had to be empty vessels. And the lesson for us this evening is that God cannot fill a man or a woman who is already full, could be full of sin, full of self, and full of pride, and full of the things of this world. But if we're going to come to the Lord to know the infilling of his spirit, we have to come with our emptiness with our emptiness, that the Lord would fill us. D.L. Moody, when he was speaking at a meeting, he held up a glass and he said to the congregation, this glass is full of air. How could I remove the air from the glass? And one man said out, you could pump the air out of the glass. And D.L. Moody says, yes, you could, but that would create a vacuum and the glass uh, would implode and it would smash and it would be of no use. And then D.L. Moody lifted the jug of water and he filled the glass. And he says, the way to empty the glass of air is to fill it. And that's the way it is with the Holy Spirit of God. If we're going to know the infilling of the Lord, we come with our emptiness and we come to the Lord that he would pour out, that he would pour out of his Spirit upon us. The preparation here in this filling, but then the provision in this filling. When you look at verse 6 of our passage, it says, and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. But the oil was sufficient to fill every vessel that was brought before her. And those vessels that came empty, we read in verse 6 that those vessels were full. And you can imagine as they were gathering all of those vessels, there was such a variety of vessels. They could have been made of all different types of material and they could have been shaped in all different ways and they would have been different sizes and they would have had a different capacity. But the thing was, they all were there empty and they were all filled And we as a band of God's people, there's a variety. We're all different. We're different by way of our personalities. We're different by way of our capabilities. But the thing that we learn is that when we come to the Lord empty, that the Lord is able to fill us. And we see something of that picture of the believer here being filled with the Holy Spirit of God ever coming to the Lord with our emptiness that he would fill us. In Ephesians 5 and the verse 18, the apostle says, And be not drunk with wine, 
wherein is excess, but be ye filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's put by way of a command to God's people, be ye filled. And the Lord is there with that supply, the supply of his Spirit and the sufficiency of his Spirit. And we can come and we can know that infilling of the Lord. The Savior has promised, the promised Holy Ghost, told his disciples that he was going away. He was going to die upon the cross of Calvary. And he would rise from the grave. He would ascend into heaven. But he said, if I go away, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, will come. And thank God, through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the promise of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit of God. And we can come and we can ask the Lord that he would fill us. And that's what happened at Pentecost as they waited upon the Lord. And you can read of it in Acts chapter 2. And when they were waiting upon the Lord in prayer, there came that point and it tells us, and they were all filled. That's certainly what we would desire. We would desire to come to the Lord and ask the Lord that he would fill us with his spirit. Then we see the power in this filling. You look at verse 7 where we ended our reading. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children off the rest. Oh, they had that enabling power. They had an enabling power to live. And here the widow woman and her children would live because of the oil. And we can see there that picture that we live because of the power of God, the Holy Spirit. And we can be empowered, empowered with the Holy Spirit of God to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, that Spirit-filled life to be endued with power from on high and the Holy Spirit's sanctifying work upon our hearts to conform us more and more onto the image of God's dear Son and to equip us for service for the Lord. As we go forth in the various capacities of the Lord's work, we cannot do it in our own strength. We cannot lean upon the arm of the flesh. No, we must come and ask the Lord for his power. Paul wrote to Timothy that second epistle, the chapter 2 and the verse 20, and it says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor, and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. And surely we desire to be those vessels that are unto honor. Vessels unto honor. Meet for the master's use, to be an instrument in the hand of the Lord, that he would use us and would bless us 
And as the end of that verse says, prepared unto every good work. There's that enablement and that equipment for serving the Lord. Prepared unto every good work. And in whatever capacity you would seek to labor for the Lord, may we know the infilling of His Spirit. That little chorus that we used to sing, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Break me, melt me, mold me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me.